0: The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee, Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee, Music by Fish Zombie the Onions, and special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions,
1: fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 34 Railroaded When Penelope returned to the fort, she went straight to her office, She informed the men she did not want to be disturbed. She put down her carpet bag next to the desk, opened the drawer, pulled out the previous captain's logbook, and began to read. Damn it. Penelope closed the logbook in disgust. Euricity was right. Go far enough back in the logbook and you'll see the ambush. The orders, the men sacrificed, and the lie. Just so they had an excuse to steal the land. She opened the bag to take out her tarot deck then she remembered Ajax had thrown it out the window. She searched the desk for maybe a deck of cards or something else she could use, but there was nothing. She began to check through the office and her bedroom. She found a chess set tucked away at the bottom of the wardrobe. She pulled it out and brought it to the desk. She set out the board and the pieces off to the side. She remembered Persephone's words. Some of the pieces were already on the board. And then she remembered "'If you were to remove a piece from the game at the right point, you might be able to stall it.' "'And again her mind asked the question, "'Which piece?' "'The general,' she whispered to herself. "'She set the white king across the board from her. "'You're Agamemnon.' "'She picked up one of the white knights and set it next to him. "'You were Ajax.' "'She slowly, carefully set the knight on its side. "'I'm sorry about that, Ajax.' despite everything that has happened she felt responsible for his death she picked up a white rook and set it on the chessboard and declared you are aaron the killer miller the invincible man you must be achilles she picked up one of the black rooks and set it in opposition to the first you are the colorado kid i don't know who you are yet you're skilled fast and witty your mind is quick and so are your hands who could you be? Patroclus? Achilles' male lover? Could your rivalry be a ruse? Just a good story to fill the seats? Or could you be Ulysses? She let go of the rook and picked up a black bishop. She set the bishop on the board, a cross from the white king that represented Agamemnon. Luke Perdue. You're powerful, quick with the gun, and deadly. You're willing to go beyond what others will, but you're kind and you're smart. If I were to guess who you were, I would like to guess that you're Paris. But where is your Helen? I know that you were sent by Apollo. If you were Paris, you would have been Aphrodite's champion. The only thing I know about you, my friend, is that you're not Ulysses. Which is too bad. I wish you were. Or that I could be your Helen. She picked up a white bishop and set it on the board between the white king and the black bishop, leaving her finger resting upon it as she said, You are Penelope. You represent me, and you are lost in this game. You are set in opposition to the one person you respect. These are the pieces on the board right now. I must remove one piece. If I do that, I can stall the game. She picked up the bishop that represented her, She opened the top drawer of the desk and dropped it in. There. Now you can play with each other all you'd like. I'm going home. She went through the office and the bedroom, making sure to have cleaned up all of her things and packed them away in her carpet bag. She looked under the bed one more time and found the dress that was still hiding there. She pulled it out, carefully folded it. She placed it in her carpet bag. It probably belonged to Hector's mother, so she would not leave it behind even if any future captain would just assume it had been hers. There was a knock at the door. Penelope opened it to find a lieutenant waiting.
0: Sir, the general wishes to see you. I have been sent to collect you. I have a carriage waiting.
1: He stood straight. I am not an officer. You don't have to call me sir. I'm also not a man, so you shouldn't call me sir, Penelope instructed.
0: Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what I should call you, then,
1: the man stuttered. Just call me Lucy. Everybody else does, she said.
0: Lucy, your carriage is waiting,
1: he said this time with a little more reverence and with a slight bow. Thank you, Lieutenant. I'm ready. As she exited the office, she turned and locked the door behind her. The captain's key had never been found, lost during the massacre, so she used the key that Persephone had given her. She wondered if the next occupant would need to knock the door down like Ajax had tried to. She picked up her carpet bag and followed the lieutenant. The ride back to the camp was long, or at least it felt long to Penelope. She seemed to count every minute of the six-hour journey. She did not want to see Agamemnon. She knew she had failed, and there was no need to be dressed down and sent home. She just wanted to go home. When she arrived, the sun had set, and the camp was for the most part asleep, but Agamemnon's tent still seemed busy. As she passed the men, they stopped and tipped their hats to her, wishing her a pleasant evening. She smiled with them, called them by name, thanked them for their kindness, but her heart wasn't in it. She stopped before Eli and Timothy, the guards still standing sentry at the front of Agamemnon's tent. She wondered if the two ever slept. I'm here to see the general, she said, hoping they would turn her away this time like they had the first time she had shown up.
0: Good evening, Lucy. The general has been waiting for you. Go
1: right in, Eli said. Thank you, Eli and Timothy. If I don't see you again, know that it's been a pleasure meeting you, and I want you both to try and stay safe, okay?
0: Don't look so down. Just go inside,
1: said Timothy with a smile on his face. Inside the tent, there were less people than usual, but Agamemnon still stood at his map. And still, there were men shuffling papers from here to there.
0: Well, if it isn't my little miracle worker, uh, gentlemen, I'm going to need the room, please.
1: Agamemnon said with a bit of a laugh in his voice. When all of the men were gone, Penelope finally spoke. I'm sorry about what happened. I'm packed and I'm on my way back to New York.
0: Sorry about what?
1: I got four of your men killed.
0: No. Captain Ajax got himself killed and three of his men. I read the report he sent before you left Arizona. His assessment of your skills was less than kind. But, in the end, it was your skills that were true and his that failed. The failure is on him. I am very happy with you. I'm sorry I gave you so much trouble. You did as you said. The impossible. And you were true to the assessment of your skills. You are information only. You drew the line from the very beginning and you kept it. You'd be surprised how important and valuable consistency is. As soon as I received your report, I contacted Alan Pinkerton. I have retained your services indefinitely. You work for me now. Sir? As what? You're a detective. Now you're my detective. If you were military, we would refer to you as an intelligence officer.
1: I'm being conscripted?
0: Nothing so vulgar. You're hired. Everything you've done up to now has been a test. Now your real job begins.
1: What rank would I hold?
0: You're a spy. Spies don't get ranks. But it will be understood that any request you make holds the same weight as an order from me.
1: And who outranks you?
0: Nobody outranks me.
1: What about the president?
0: If Mr. Lincoln sent a request, it would be given immediate consideration.
1: Penelope heard the intention in his words. There was no one above him. He was in charge of everything. Everyone else were his puppets. And now he wanted her. She remembered the chess set in her office. She remembered the pieces laid out. She had to remove a piece from the board, but there was only one piece she had control over, her. I'm sorry, sir. I have to decline. I'm going home, Penelope said softly and quietly. I don't think you understand. I have retained your
0: services indefinitely. You work for me. If you were to go home, you would still work for me. Every job you get from the Pinkertons, every request you get from any other source, will always come from me. Stay here. Keep the office at the fort. Keep the fort. It's yours. You have the autonomy to act as you will, as long as you fulfill my requests.
1: And if I don't?
0: Then I would consider that desertion in a time of war.
1: I thought I wasn't being conscripted.
0: I don't want you to think of it like that. I'm offering you anything you desire. And in return, all I need is for you to do for me what you do for everyone else. Be my detective. Help me unite this country. And in return, I will give you anything within it you desire.
1: Penelope stood for a moment. What did she desire? Ulysses. She saw the map before her. It was laid out like a game. Help him win the game, and anything within it could be hers. She could carry the weight and respect of a general, even if she didn't have the stars on her shoulder. Remove a piece from the game, she had told herself, but apparently that piece was not her. She still had to find Ulysses. Okay, I accept. Where do I begin?
0: Find the reaper. Sadly, now again. I would also like your I would also like your advice on these men.
1: Agamemnon brought out a cloth-covered album that Penelope had given him. It contained the news articles that Odysseus had written.
0: Captain Ajax was a fine soldier, and I relied on him to take care of more complicated situations. Up until now, he has never failed me. But sadly, success sometimes makes you think failure is impossible. I need to replace him. This man, Aaron Miller, is he truly invincible?
1: I haven't seen him in person, but from what I understand, and the witnesses that I've been able to contact, it would appear so, Penelope replied.
0: How invincible. Can he take a bullet?
1: asked Agamemnon. The only way to know that would be to shoot him. Fascinating. Are you thinking of recruiting him?
0: An invincible man would make a fine soldier, and I could use him to take care of the things Ajax used to.
1: I think that's a mistake. Why? Being invincible seems to be something he is. His skin is reported to be scarred to the point where he suffers very little damage. His strength seems to be something he was born with. But the Colorado kid, his skill has been taught to him. He learned it from somewhere, and if he learned it, then he can teach it. If you were to hire the Colorado kid, You would not only have one superior soldier, you could have an entire unit of them. And then soon a battalion.
0: I agree. I want them both. Arrange a meeting.
1: About that. I do have an idea. Where is this camp going next?
0: Next we're headed to Carson City to set up a station there. We'll link it to this one here so that supplies can be moved west.
1: So you have a large plot of land waiting to be built on in Carson City? Yes. If I were to offer Miller's promoter free use of the land, he would bring his tent and his fighter there. It's obvious that Oscar Wachowski is trying to instigate a fight between them. If you were to bring Miller to Carson City, then the Colorado Kid will follow. And following him, Oscar Wachowski.
0: Three out of four ain't bad. Now, all we have to do is find the Reaper.
1: I'm sorry. But the Reaper knows we're hunting for him now, and it's going to take a little more time to reassess his position. He's spooked, and he's running.
0: I have faith in your skills now. As soon as you find him, I want to know. I'll send a unit immediately. The entire unit.
1: Very good. I guess I should head back to my office and get to work. I do have one more request, though.
0: Go ahead. You can speak freely.
1: I'd like to be assigned a bodyguard and a carriage driver. It was nice having Ajax to push around for a while. I need somebody who understands that this is their job, so they won't take it too personally like he did.
0: Take anyone you want.
1: You have a guard out front. Um, Timothy?
0: He's a good man. He's yours. Anything else you need, just let me know. Send him in, and I will explain his new position to him. I have just one question left for you. Yes. Was Jonathan Perdue really the Reaper?
1: Yes, Penelope lied.
0: Thank you. You're dismissed.
1: By the time they returned to the fort, Penelope had already been up for more than 30 hours, and she was ready, more than ready, to end this day and the previous one. She congratulated Timothy on his promotion, and he was happy to have been transferred to his new position. She told him to find the lieutenant in charge of the accommodations and to get some sleep himself. He agreed and left her at the door of her office. She turned and, without thinking, grabbed the knob and opened the door. Then she remembered she'd locked it. She had used Persephone's key to do so. The key to this door had been lost and never found. The only person who could possibly have this key was sitting quietly waiting for her in one of the chairs that sat before her desk. She closed the door silently and locked it again from the inside. She turned to the man and smiled. "'What are you doing here?' "'asked Penelope.
0: "'You forgot your pebbles,'
1: replied Euricity. "'He was wearing a Calvary uniform "'and sipping on some of the whiskey that had been set out. "'There was a small box on her desk "'and in it were the pebbles Hector had given her.
0: "'The kid would not shut up "'until I promised to bring them to you. "'And if you think it's bad being pestered by a kid, "'try being pestered by one who's not speaking English.'
1: "'You didn't kill anybody to get in here, did you?' "'asked Penelope.'
0: No, I know better than that. I don't want to have to kill everybody to get back out again.
1: How did you know I'd be
0: here? I followed you. That's what hunters do. They follow the tracks that lead them to their prey.
1: The general's not here.
0: But you know where he is. He's got to be here somewhere. Maybe not this fort, but
1: where have you been? Penelope sat down at her desk. She looked at the chess set and the pieces set upon it. How would you get out? I'm not sending anyone else to their death. If I told you where the general was and you walked into his camp, you wouldn't be facing half a unit. You would need to fight your way out of three units. That's 150 men.
0: I'm not worried about getting out. I can get in like I got in here. Then, it doesn't matter what happens to me.
1: It matters to Edgar. It matters to your father. It matters to me. Penelope walked around the desk and took the chair next to Euricity. She sat in it and set her hand on his knee. I'm not asking you to give up your hunt. I need you to kill the general, but I'm asking you to be smart about it. I'll help you. The general is moving on from here. He's going to Carson City. Meet me there, and we'll make a plan.
0: Why should I trust you?
1: asked Euricity. Because... I know you're right, because I have a game of my own to play, and I need to remove a piece from the board. What better piece to remove than Agamemnon?
0: Don't talk in riddles. Tell me straight. Why should I believe you?
1: Luke, I'm in trouble, Penelope said as she took his hands and looked him in the eyes. I stepped into a trap, and it closed around me before I realized it. I need to get out of this, and hopefully alive. You may be the only person who can help me. Will you please help me? Euricity could see that she was on the verge of tears. He knew what fear looked like, and he saw it now.
0: Of course I will. What can I do?
1: Go to Carson City. I'll find you there. By then, I'll have a plan. Check the telegraph office every other day. I'll leave messages there if I need to. I'll send them to... Penelope thought for a moment. My lost love...
0: Your lost love.
1: Euricity raised an eyebrow. You know, because of your name.
0: What about my name?
1: Perdue. Lost. Perdue means lost in French.
0: It does not. Seriously? Seriously. All right. I'm trusting you. And I'm warning you. If this is a trick, if this is a trap, the fact that your woman is not going to save you
1: His expression grew hard and sharp. Penelope knew the threat was not idle. Luke, I will never intentionally harm you or betray you. You have my loyalty. If I can have yours, we'll be partners. Penelope stood and held out her hand as if to shake. Eurystheus stood and then stepped into her and held her around the middle. He pulled her close and kissed her on the lips.
0: I'm sorry. I just wanted to know,
1: Euricity explained, a flush in his cheeks. You wanted to know what? Penelope asked, touching her lips. Euricity didn't answer, he just smiled. This time Penelope flushed. He reached down into his boot. He removed a small revolver that had been hidden in it. He set it on the desk.
0: Keep this with you. It's small and can be easily hidden. It's a custom piece And it only holds four shots, but it has saved my life on several occasions. Double action, so all you have to do is pull the trigger.
1: He went to the door and opened it.
0: I will see you in Carson City. Good night, Lucy.
1: He closed the door and left. Penelope could not tell if she was dizzy from the kiss or just from the fact that she had been up for so long. She sat down behind her desk again. She picked up the revolver and pointed it at the White King she said out loud. She opened her carpet bag and placed the revolver inside. She forgot to give him back the dress. She opened the top drawer of her desk and removed the white bishop that represented her. She set it with the rest of the pieces and took a black bishop and put it on the board next to the one that represented Euricity. Partners, she whispered, as she touched her lips remembering the kiss. She looked once again at the board, studying. Agamemnon, Achilles, the Colorado Kid, the Reaper, myself. She lined all the pieces up in a row, then realized she'd forgotten someone. She reached for the pile of pieces off to the side and picked out a pawn. Sitting it next to the others, she said, Oscar Wachowski. I almost forgot all about you, little guy. Boy, you are in trouble. This has been... Helen of the Iron Horse Written by Paris Lee Artwork by Helen Lee Performed by Helen and Paris All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead except, I guess, for Helen and Paris See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question please email us at Helen of the Iron Horse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.